Ladies and gentlemen, dear listeners, welcome back to Trapo, the show that talks about stuff on purpose. I'm Dustin. I'm Kai. And today, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? We're opening up Trapo's Mailbag. That's right. Trapo's oh, yeah. Mailbag is open. Wow. We're reaching in deep. And we are going to be reading to you comments from our official Trapo blog. Now, if you ladies and gentlemen, would like to contribute to Treble's official blog, you can do so at your leisure. All you have to do is go to trebleshow.blogspot.com. Find the post of your choosing, comment, and there you go. We will read your comment on the air. So have you, have, you, have you read any of these comments? No, I make sure not to read the comments. Our first comment is from, uh, believe it or not, the Treble Essential Albums Podcast Part 2, and it is from... Our dear friend, Anonymous. Old friend. Hello. Anonymous writes, That Johnny Cash shit, that's some real pain right there. Hurt is a song that Trent Reznor wrote for Johnny Cash back in 1994. He just didn't know it yet. (laughs) The whole album, American 4, is a masterpiece. I heard that song, I'm assuming he means Hurt, in high school, and I bought the album. And I wanted to hear more from this old country music dude. And so I ended up listening to a lot of his older stuff because of that. And that led me to the whole Highwayman thing. And that led me to Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson. And that led me to the founders of country music like Hank Williams. And somehow, I inadvertently became a country music fan. I hadn't planned, <laughs> I, I hadn't planned on it. I wasn't ready for it, but one day while at a record store browsing through the used bins looking for a copy of Chris Christopherson's The Silver-Tongued Devil and I, (laughs) which I found and you should absolutely listen to if you haven't already, when I realized I was a fucking country music fan. (laughs) Okay. This is the best comment I've ever heard. (laughs) Okay, so first off, uh, thank you very much, Anonymous. Thank you so much for that comment. We both appreciate it. And uh, Hurt is a song that Trent Reznor wrote for Johnny Cash back in 1994. He just didn't know it yet. (laughs) You know what? I can't argue with it. I can't yeah. argue with it. Yeah. At, yeah. Fir- at first, I was like, wait, does this guy not know what he's talking about? Oh. No, he knew. Oh, he, he, oh, knew. he knew. Oh, he knew. <laughs> I, think, I think maybe Trent Reznor knows that, too. I think in his yeah. heart of hearts, well, he knows that. If I remember right, I read that at first, he didn't like the cover. But then after he, like, saw the video and listened to it, and he understood <laughs> that it was the same feelings, but just from a different perspective, from the yeah. perspective of fucking beat down old man who fucked everything up and had nothing left. Oh, no, that's deep. No, 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 you're right. I did it for you. I made this for you. This is on the uh, Essential Albums Part 2 podcast, and that's the uh, episode where you introduced American 4 as uh, an essential album. So this makes perfect sense. Indeed. American 4 is you know, is a, honestly, an essential album. That album hit me about as hard as fucking Halsey's If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power. But it was so unexpected. So if this commenter was in high school when it came out, they're probably like two or three years younger than us. So they're just, our, our age. Just a roughly. bit, yeah. Yeah, slightly younger than us because I was in college fucking trying to drink myself to death when I saw yeah. the fucking Hurt video at three in the morning on CMT. I was like, oh my God. One day while at a record store browsing through the used bins, looking for a copy of Chris Christopherson's The Silver Tongue Devil and I. I've never heard of this album. I- I- I'm going to have to look for it now. <laughs> All of a sudden I realized I'm up. 
fucking country music yeah. fan. Son suddenly, of a bitch. Suddenly it's like, wait a minute, am I a country music fan? Oh my god, I think I am. Motherfucker. The silver tongue devil and I bet Chris Christopherson. Kai, make a note of that because this is gonna have to come up at some point in the future. Yep listener requests anonymous turns out you're a country music fan guess what that's how we became country music fans literally not even a joke part of it for us was also we grew up in rural kansas so country music at least well i did you you went to the big city school i grew up in the fucking country and all these people listen to country music and i hated all of those people so i hated country music because it was a part of those people redneck fucking assholes I'm sure you had them at your school, but you're sure they were much. They were different proportions to my school. <laughs> I'm looking at this at this post. And I'm like, that's literally how I became a country music fan. Uh-huh. We but we both listened to American Four because Hurt touched our souls in such a deep and meaningful way. Look, like, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's how we became country music fans. Neither one of us were big into country music before American 4, but yeah. listening to this album, Johnny Cash was a part of our lives anyway because of where we lived. And part of it was because when he was all those other times when he was down on his luck, he'd sell any of his songs. So anyone could use fucking like ring of fire for commercials and shit yeah. there's like four or five artists that i have playlists of right. on my like uh, amazon music and one of them is johnny cash yeah our love of johnny cash and my love specifically of country music was born from american four whenever that came out that hit like a fucking atom bomb and i and, and i was floored i had to learn more about this motherfucker and his contemporaries so yeah yeah well um i hope you're ready to dip back into the mailbag because i've got a fucking comment to read and it is on Prapo's mailbag number one we're getting deep so this comment is from anonymous and anonymous writes i'd like to see somebody acknowledge melissa manchester for once what she's a very underrated pop artist from back in the day who i don't think people talk enough about try listening to for the working girl or emergency or mathematics sometime and see if maybe you guys think she's good enough to load in your cannon (laughs) (laughs) she started her career as one of bet midler's harlots backup singers and she broke out on her own in the mid 1970s the title track on for the working girl was co-written by bernie talpin a pretty big hit if i recall correctly mathematics definitely leans into the new wave synth pop stylings of the 1980s time period but i think it's pretty solid work and i believe quincy jones was executive producer give her stuff a shot those three albums i mentioned are her personal favorites but her whole catalog is decent okay melissa manchester yeah i don't like a hit single from the 80s that we know, but I don't know. Melissa Manchester. I, I, that's but not it sounds familiar. Let me check this real quick on Wikipedia. Let me check. Oh, it says uh, no. in 1982, she released the smash You Should Hear How She Talks About You, which won the 1983 Grammy for Best Pop Female Vocal Performance, beating out Olivia Newton-John. So she's won a Grammy. So she's not a no underground artist. Okay, yeah, cool. but let's see well, here. Um, anonymous Melissa Manchester. We will definitely check out her album. Mathematics, uh, Emergency, and for the Working Girl. We will look at these albums and we will get back to you at some point in the near future. This is maybe, yeah. Maybe we okay. can pick one and put it on the uh, listener reviews. This is brand new to me. You I, know what's I, badass? I, People are doing the work for us this is, this is fucking great. this is fucking we, nuts wow i just gotta pay my amazon subscription so that i can find this shit all right anonymous what are you she's thinking making about? like she's got like 
albums that came out recently. Cool. Uh, you, you I'll, I'll read this one. one. My next comment is by our old friend, CJ. Hey, on, a pers- on a personal level, thank you so much for continuing to post on our blog. I appreciate you. We, we both appreciate you. Okay, we're going to read your comment. I'm a big fan of... Oh, my God. He loves St. Vincent. Okay. Are you like my twin or something? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Are you talking about Annie Clark? Oh, my God. Kai. Okay, read, read the comment. I can't read this. <laughs> you need Go me ahead. to do this? Go ahead. All right. I'm a big fan of Annie Clark, a.k.a. St. Vincent. You're so I'd kidding. like to see some of her stuff make it into your canon. <laughs> I'd say take your pick because most of her stuff is pretty great. I'd go with 2017 Mass Seduction. Mass Seduction. Which I guess is the album that resonates most with me. If you're going to look at that one, you'll need to look at the follow-up album, Mass Education, which is kind of a radical reimagining of Mass Seduction into something more intimate, maybe more personal. The two <laughs> albums are really just two sides of the same coin, so I they think are. it makes sense to judge them both as one larger work, but that's just me, and you ask for opinion. So there's mine. Keep on trapping. This is, oh my God, <laughs> CJ. Are we related somehow, CJ? Are we are we like cousins? Are we all are cousins the, are somehow? The, are you the third cousin we've been missing? I listened to Mass Seduction two days ago. <laughs> just just because it's an album that I on, fucking On your adore. rotation. I love Mass Seduction. We need to do Mass Seduction and Mass yeah. Education. I listened to it uh, when it came out. It is not a remix album. I thought it was. It is a remix imagining of mass seduction kai we need to do mass seduction cj says that we gotta do it we gotta do a cj episode oh my god kai you call it a spoiler alert cj but yeah we're gonna be doing mass seduction at some point in the near future so uh your wish will come true so uh you need to read this next comment it's kind of for you thank you so much cj for that comment yeah cj really we're going to move on real quick to a brand new comment. Trepo's Mailbag Volume 1. It's John Doe. This is like an embarrassment of riches here, man. John Doe, John Doe says, Somebody else has been scarred for life by Johnny Five's traumatic beatdown in Short Circuit 2. It's such a detailed and horrifying scene. It still haunts me to this day, even though I don't think I've seen that movie since I was 10 years old. Including a sound clip from that scene in the podcast was just mean, man. <laughs> well, well, look, I had to do it. I had to do it, John Doe. I'm so sorry. Look, it hurt me to include that sound clip, but I had to do it. It fucked us up for decades. Too. Yeah. It made me feel like a war vet with PTSD. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like I'm in the same boat with you, John Doe. I really do. I edited that fucking thing, and I felt like I had PTSD listening to that song, begging for his life. No, no, no. I don't ever need to hear that poor robot begged for his life while getting beaten to death by some fat bank robbers flunkies again. You're looking for some potential new members of the Chapel Hall of Fame class of 2022? Absolutely we are. Yeah, yeah. I've got a few music picks I'd like to throw out here. First is Black Widow by In This Moment. What the fuck? Black Widow again? By In This Moment? That's two now. That's literally two people who've said, I want Black Widow by In This Moment to be okay. All okay. Right. We're uh, compiling a shit. We got homework to do. Okay. So first is Black Widow by In This Moment. It's their best album by far. A big, angry, aggressive epic, and Maria Brink's vocals are a firestorm. You know what? I can't disagree with you. I can't right now say that In This Moment's Black Widow belongs in the canon. I can't do it, but I will not disagree with you that Maria Brink's vocals are fantastic. She's on point in that album. You're right. Okay. Keep reading. Just keep reading. Uh, just the idea that two people have nominated Black Widow 
What's going on? I don't think I've ever listened to it. At some point in the in the near we'll future, we'll revisit. We'll be looking at Black Widow by this moment. We may not put it in the canon, but we're definitely gonna put it in contention. It's Black got two Widow. votes. We gotta consider. Second is Low by David Bowie. You've already got one David Bowie album on your canon. I know, but for my money, this is his greatest album. It just clicks with me from beginning to end. Breaking Glass, Sound and Vision, and A New Career in a New Town are all-time greats. A new sound, pushing the boundaries, you can't go wrong. Okay, John Doe, you bring up Low, which is the first chapter in David Bowie's Berlin trilogy, which encompasses Low, Heroes, and The Lodger, which, look, I'm not gonna lie with you, you're gonna say that Low is a masterpiece? You're not gonna have to fucking try too hard to convince me that's a masterpiece, because (laughs) it's a fucking masterpiece. I think David Bowie is untouchable. The man changed my life in a way that no one else has. Let's put low in the canon. How about we put everything David Bowie's done in the canon, the fucking canon? How about that? (laughs) That should load that bitch up. You think uh, low is his best album? What are you throwing out? Uh, Breaking Glass, Sound and Vision, New Creator, New Town? I I can't argue with you. Those songs are fucking masterpieces. But here's the thing. You think David Bowie's low is a masterpiece? I refuse to discuss low without discussing heroes and the lodger the other two parts of his berlin trilogy maybe we have a berlin trilogy episode low (laughs) in and of itself cannot be put in the canon without heroes and the lodger the berlin trilogy co-produced by brian fucking eno needs to be in the canon there needs to be a discussion for the berlin trilogy so i will not discuss low by itself because it is one part of a triptych called the berlin trilogy which absolutely should be included in the not not just not just in the trapo essentials canon but in any fucking canon everyone's canon should have any that. fucking canon so Gotta guess have a what copy that. mr john nope. doe was it john doe guess yeah. what john doe i'm gonna do you one better you're gonna tell me low should be in the canon the berlin fucking trilogy should be in the canon. And you know what? We're going to talk about the Berlin Trilogy in one episode. We're going to do a Berlin Trilogy episode. That is a goddamn promise to you, John Doe. The Berlin Trilogy is going to be discussed in detail. I'm not not just saying this as a David Bowie fan. I'm I'm saying this as a fan of goddamn fucking music. This shit is fucking indispensable. So you know what, John Doe? I want to thank you for giving me the fucking excuse to talk about the Berlin Trilogy. At some point this year, I'm going to <laughs> my fucking jokes <laughs> talking about David Bowie's Berlin Trilogy with Brian uh, fucking Eno. And Kai is going to fucking cry because he's so bored. <laughs> he's going to be bored to tears listening to me talking about Brian Eno's fucking production work. Thank you so Thank much. you so much. Okay, let's move on to the next All inexplicable right. comment. The next random shit I'm going to read is a comment on Trapo's mailbag. Number one, this comment is from a new commenter named Max Power. Max Power says, and you'll enjoy this, these are the same guys who do Trapo's Chap House. I listened to that show on iTunes, but it hasn't been updated in months. I checked the blog, and it has a link to a new blog dedicated to a new show with basically the same name. So I'm already confused. What the fuck are you talking about? This is a Trapo's Chap House fan who found he... us through the blog. I listened okay, to that okay. show on iTunes. Wow. 
So we've got crossover, bro. Yeah. Okay. No, it get, it gets better. All right. I checked the blog and it had a link to a new blog dedicated to a new show with basically the same name. So I'm already confused. Then I start listening to the new show and it's completely different. You're like a normal podcast now with topics and stuff. That's pretty cool. But what happened to the old show? Is it dead or did it just become this? If so, you didn't tell anybody who listened to the other show about this, myself oh my included, so that's pretty confusing. Wow. But don't get me wrong, because I like the show so far, but I've only listened to a few episodes. I think it's cool that you're encouraging listener responses here, which is more than you ever did on the old podcast. <laughs> Everybody else seems to be telling you what they want in the canon, so I have a few suggestions as well. Okay, wait, before we move forward, before we move forward, I have to address something. You said this is Max Power? Yeah. Here's the thing, Max Power. You're absolutely right. Right. I completely forgot to address that uh, we had a new podcast on the old podcast. You're right. I, I, I didn't even think about it until uh, Kai was reading I, I this just, shit out loud. I just assumed we had no listeners. <laughs> Max Power, I'm so sorry that it seems like we abandoned your old show. I feel like a complete fucking asshole. You, Max Power, have found this new show, and I'm glad for that, but we're going to have to rectify that at some point on the old show. I'm sorry, Kai. I'm sorry. Maybe in a week or two, we could uh just hang out and fucking get drunk and make an episode and explain hey this is what we're doing occasionally we we'll post some random shit here but most of the time we're going to be working on the trapo show you were listening to the old show and we basically abandoned you for a better part of like half a year oh my god i'm so sorry i, I should have known better this is on me forgot about the other shit I'm not even kidding. This isn't even a joke. This is fucked up. I'm so sorry, Max Power. Thanks for continuing to find us. Max Power, who's apparently an old friend. Good to finally meet you, Max. Pleasure so Max's you, first Max. album suggestion is Closer to the Gray by the Chromatics. Chromatics? Are you fucking... Oh, God. But oh, God. it has to be the sprawling 2020 deluxe version. The one that includes a whole bunch of new material and remixes. It's mm, a genuine really? synth wave epic. And it might be Johnny Jewel's magnum opus. I know I'm using the big words for this one, but I think the music deserves it. You can Ooh. even buy the album directly from the website. The whole thing for one dollar. You can buy it for a dollar? Wait, 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 wait. Let directly me... from their website. You say you can buy this for a dollar. I'm gonna check this real quick. Let me I got my computer on right now. Oh no, I know it's Italians do it better. Let's see, chromatics closer to gray. Uh Digital Deluxe, MP3, Lossless, let's say Lossless, it's a dollar. 47 tracks, 47 <laughs> tracks shit. for a dollar. Add to cart, <laughs> PayPal Express. Don't forget the password. It's downloading. Oh my God, I did it. I did it. I did it. <laughs> it's downloading right now. I fucking downloaded a Lossless version of Closer to Gray, 47 tracks for a fucking dollar. Are you fucking kidding me? Max Power, what have you done? Oh. Kai, Kai, hey. are you sure it's not Christmas? Because it feels like Christmas right now. It, it feels like Christmas right now. It's two hours and 55 minutes of music. <laughs> he also says there's a new album out called Faded Now, but that's just the material from the deluxe edition of Closer to Grey and not a standalone album. You may have downloaded that eventually and not even known that it was actually the other half of this album you just bought for a dollar. Anyways, you can't fucking beat that value like Max Power said. Are you, are you ready to buy Max Power's next suggestion? Look, I literally just bought Max Power's last suggestion. So yeah, sure, why not? 
Up next, Max Power says, Software by Grace Slick. Yeah. She recorded this album after she rejoined Jefferson Starship, and it's deep in the 1980s electronic buzzy music bullshit that destroyed a lot of otherwise good music of the period. And Slick seems to be chasing that sound here rather than making something organically electro, but I think it works. She was a 44-year-old woman trying to make it work during a weird-ass decade, and the album is bizarre and strange, and maybe not for everybody, but I like it a lot. That sounds like something you would probably dig because it sounds like fucking weird 80s shit. I already got software by Grace Slick and I think it's pretty fucking great. So, uh, yeah. Nice. There we go. Our friend Max Power has one more suggestion and that is Big Mess by Danny Elfman. Oh! <laughs> Which we both recently heard and went, oh my god, this is so fucking good. Oh, thank god. Big Mess? Hell yeah, we're going to talk about freaking... Big Mess. Who, who who fucking made this up? This who the fuck are these people? Um, Mac, look, Max Power, you you want to introduce fucking uh, Big Mess and Grace Slick and fucking Chromatics? Are you fucked? Oh man, Max Power suggests Big Mess by Danny Elfman. This came out last year and it's just great. Apparently, he never intended to make another solo album, but after making a few songs that were supposed to debut at Coachella 2020, mm-hmm. which was canceled due to the pandemic, his creative juices just started flowing, and he made this entire weird album that reminds me a lot of some Nine Inch Nails stuff but through this guy's quirky filter. Cool stuff. Good job so far in all of that. Max Good Powers. lord. Max Power, CJ, Anonymous. <laughs> we love you people. And the, my favorite thing, oh, John Doe. Holy shit. We got, we got friends. My favorite thing about okay. all of this is that's all right below Big Bear's Fuck You Trapo. And okay, it's we, nothing yeah. but love and support we and got, kindness. <laughs> we got, look, hey, look, uh, I'm from Manchester. I, I do not believe I've heard any of her music before, but I will be glad to listen to it based on your suggestion so i have made notes in my phone for mathematics emergency and for the working girl and at some point in the near future i will listen to those albums and for cj i've listened to everything saint vincent's made so far including mass education and here's the thing kai may not have heard it before but mass education it's a fucking amazing Spoiler alert, Dustin has already turned his fucking key. It's one key in the ignition, ready yeah, to but go. Here, here's the thing. I got homework because uh, I oh. got to be honest, I haven't heard any of these albums. Big, uh, big Mess. The I think I listened track. to Low, but it's been a while. I love Annie Clark. She's something else. Annie Clark is a force to be reckoned with. Right now, you're asking me my opinion? I've turned 7,000 keys for mass <laughs> Just, seduction. Me and Kai. Right, he said it. We got to do we're, it. We're going to talk about mass seduction and look you say uh we have to talk about mass education too twist my arm i don't want to have a good time and as for you john doe you're the second person to nominate black widow from in this moment we have to fucking do it at this point we gotta check it out john doe as for your suggestion for low from david bowie i refuse to talk about low without talking about the other two parts in the berlin trilogy if we end up doing low we're going to do a berlin trilogy episode black star was another one of those albums that hit me about as hard as oh, um, if i can't have love just because fuck you we're gonna do black star john doe people People like talk about their audiences for their podcasts. We may not have a very large audience at all. You know what? Our audience is great. <laughs> I mean, yeah. our audience is fucking great. We got motherfuckers on our audience who are listening to fantastic music. Keep so, it coming, people. Thank you. Sincerely. That's why I love this podcast. And Big Mess by Danny Elfman, Max Power. Dare us. You spoil us. We do have the best. 
fucking listeners ever. You guys have been doing a fantastic job. You've been throwing out album suggestions that, I mean, this shit is great. I could not ask for better than this. And wait, we got one more. We have a new comment on one of our newest episodes about Castle Freak the 1995 version this comment is from autumn leaves the podcast one guy dustin question mark autumn leaves uh-huh okay said pretty early on that he didn't really like the movie all that much spent most of the episode complaining then turned around and said it had risen his esteem by the end of it pick a lane man i'm getting whiplash <laughs> <laughs> it's okay you're you you were pretty drunk I'm i've sorry, listened Tom. to a lot right. of the recent episodes and there are no crickets chirping violently in the background it's not a deal breaker or anything but it's just noisy that's all i enjoyed the episode and i'm glad i listened to it even though the chirps were annoying there's a pretty cool movie i remember from the 80s called dead heat that my dad rented because he thought it was the arnold schwarzenegger movie red heat (laughs) and he was confused as hell when he pops and taking the vcr We, we both really ended up really liking it a lot and even rented it a few times after that, it was about a cop played by Treat Williams who gets killed and turned into a zombie, but he's going to melt or blow up in a day or two because the zombie making process made his body unstable. So he's got until then to solve his murder and bring the bad guys to justice. His partner, played by Joe Piscopo, Joe Piscopo. <laughs> from Saturday Night Live, helps him out and they have a good time blowing away all the bad guys and saving the day. It's pretty good stuff, cheesy as hell and just fucking 80s weird. I think she. Shane Black, the guy who wrote some of the Lethal Weapon movies, and he directed Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, co-wrote this. I highly recommend it. I've seen this movie several times. I think Shane Black's brother wrote it. Dead Heat. So Terry Black wrote Dead Heat back in 1988. His dad rented because he thought it was the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Red Heat. That's really funny. Oh my god, this movie came out Red Heat. I can't wait to watch it. You watch it with your kid. Like, what the fuck is this zombie shit? I remember there's a part when, uh, at the end when Joe Piscopo is resurrected as a zombie too, and uh, he and Treat Williams fight the bad guys together. And then at the end of the movie, they kind of walk off into the sunset, and uh, Joe Piscopo says, like, hey, this could be the end of a beautiful friendship. They're both about to die. That's literally how it ends. There's a four disc of dead heat available right now from vinegar system it's happening thank you so much for your suggestion we've got some really good suggestions this time we've got some we got saint vincent suggestions we got melissa manchester i don't know who that is i'll find that very soon we got chromatics i just bought their gigantic cd that shit's streaming on amazon so i can listen to yeah two hours and 57 minutes ladies and gentlemen you're contributing to our blog Thank you so much. Keep it wow. up with the requests. In my wildest dreams, I would not have expected people to be leaving us comments like this. We're trying to connect with you as human beings. Fills our heart with love and suggestions. Kind of keeps us going. I mean, I'm not going to lie. We've got our own ideas for what we want to do going forward, but you guys throwing this shit out. We'll be blended in for sure. We've been thrilled to be making a podcast that you would actually want to listen to. Until next time, we're just going to have to uh, uh, sign off for now and tell you to uh, get the fuck off the internet. Trapo, the show that talks about stuff on purpose, is a Fenderman Incorporated production.